Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Brandon. Hey, how's it going? It is going good. Uh, uh, Quite a few things kind of going on right now. We're going to be talking about a few reactions that we got about our topic last week. Uh, The Combine is going on right now, so that's going to be part of our discussion today. But uh, we always want to remember to start to start things off right. <laughs> I almost did a list there, um, and do our "Did You Know" segment. And so I'm actually going to be bringing something sports related this week. Oh man! And, oh that yeah! Maybe a first, huh? Uh, <laughs> I feel like there was maybe something once that was sports related, but this it's going to be kind of weird because it's a fact, but it's not like really anything you're going to ever get in a, you know, trivia, anything of that. It's just one of those weird things that happened. Mm. But I, I think you'll appreciate this. So, all right. So this is called a football fan's dying wish. And there is a true story that a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan and season ticket holder requested in his obituary for six Cleveland Brown pallbearers as funeral. Why? So that the Browns could let him down one last time. <laughs> I've heard that as a joke about the Lions before, too. Okay, yeah, I, I, I think I've heard the joke before, but this is coming out as saying that this act, like someone actually went ahead and did this. Oh, man, that's awesome. That that is pretty great. I must say, if nothing happens with the lines between now and the end of our lives, I feel like that would be appropriate for something you to, for you to put in. Well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I was going through a list, and some of them were like real facts, and then I came across that one. I was like, oh well, I mean, it's a true story, so it's not. You won't find it in a, a textbook or anything like that, but it's too good to pass up. Exactly. That's that's great. Uh, <laughs> oh man. So, uh, <laughs> keeping it sports related, as we will be talking about sports this entire time, uh, we will actually go ahead and move along because we have a topic to continue from last week. As you all may remember, uh, if you tuned in last week um, or if you missed it, feel free to go back and listen to the episode. We talked about. Um, a few different things, but the main topic was our favorite players throughout Michigan football, you know, history, basically Uh, focused, of course, mostly on the ones that we grew up watching or have seen in recent years and things like that. So we got a few voicemails and some uh, follow up from people on social media that we're going to bring up here and hear what people have to say and uh, react and, go off of uh the voicemails and everything so here let me hit the uh first voicemail up yeah interested to hear what we got yeah hey guys my name is terry calling out of grand blank um one of my favorite players of all time for michigan was uh braylon edwards i was probably 13 or 14 or so um when he came on and um <clears throat> i remember it was when michigan michigan state was 
you know, I was a big thing at school and uh, just watching that guy catch those deep balls and um, seemed like he made some huge catches too. And so, um, you know, wearing the number one and some of the grabs that he made, just incredible. So it was really fun to watch him as a teenager, really exciting player. Um, so good at the deep ball, you know, John Navarre and Chad Henney would just throw it up to him and he'd go get it. Double coverage, triple coverage didn't matter. So that was fun. One of my favorite players, obviously you got other guys um, that we all love, you know, the Desmond Howards and, you know, Charles Woodson and all that. But, um, you know, and obviously those guys were all time greats, but watching Braylon Edwards go up and catch a ball was awesome. And I know he didn't have much of a pro career, but still had some, some great catches at Michigan. So thanks guys. Appreciate you taking my call. Go blue. Oh my gosh. You, you realize what I just realized? What? What's that? Um, we totally did not talk about Desmond Howard last week. <laughs> oh. How? Wow. How did we not do that? Well, let's see. Well, Desmond, he won the, the 91 Heisman, didn't he? Yeah. And yeah, I was great. Moment five. <laughs> True, but still, I mean, I was ta- we were talking about previous. Pl- you you came in. That is true. It's probably more on me than you because you did come in, kind of with that preset of people that you had watched. Yeah, I was yeah, just I see like, highlights. Obviously, I oh, remember yeah. watching them in the pros. I remember when he had the, you know, the two returns for a touchdown there in the Super Bowl with the Packers, and um, you know the, the short run he had with the Lions. But yeah, you know, I wasn't really old enough to watch him for Michigan. Yeah. No, I mean, it just, and thank you, Terry, for that call. Appreciate it. Uh, really awesome to hear about uh, your memories with Braylon Edwards. And yeah, that's kind of a, a running thing if anybody grew up in Michigan. And I know we have listeners across the country, some of them who grew up in Michigan and maybe moved out, but maybe some people who didn't have never lived in Michigan. But it is something you grow up with. I mean, it's the Michigan, Michigan State, you know, even if you're not really really a sports fan you will see people that get pumped up for that game just because other people get them pumped up but anyways um i i had to point out right away because as soon as he said his name i almost like talked over the voicemail i was like oh crap realizing that we totally forgot about desmond howard and so i'm kind of surprised that one slipped through so uh, especially considering that he's uh you know such a big uh Oh, what what do you say? Not not a big uh, big personality for Michigan. A big face. I mean, everybody knows him, and everybody knows he's from Michigan. Yeah, he's um, almost like an ambassador. Yeah, for Michigan, kind of like Rich Eisen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for I mean, just kind of forgetting about it. I mean, you see him everywhere all the time. College game day things, social media, all that stuff. And so I I'm just kind of dumbfounded that. Nobody, we didn't bring it up last week, but it is what it is. So, thank you. It all. Yeah, thank you, Terry, for saving our butts on that one. Um, that at least between the two weeks that we're talking about this, that we brought. I just up. find it funny that we mentioned names like Drew Dilio. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't mention Desmond Howard. <laughs> oh man, oh, good thing that uh, Desmond doesn't listen to this. Desmond would be like, "What?" Uh, like every Saturday, it's like you you saw him all the time during. Uh, people would have seen him all the time during college football, and like you said, he had decent uh, stuff in pros as well. But then now he's still on every single Saturday during the football <laughs> season, and we still didn't exactly. even think that. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh wow! Well, moving on to uh, potentially something that won't embarrass us as much. 
uh, we'll go ahead and hit up the uh, second voicemail here. And yeah, I go get back to the other screen and then see what else we got here. Hey, fellas, voice from the past. This is Blue Brothers Craig. How you guys doing? I thought I'd call in and give you my um, top players of Michigan football lore, I guess you could say. But, you know, you know, it's an interesting um, question because the very fact is you got two types of Michigan schemes going on or whatever you want to say. But uh, you have your pro-style Michigan pass, and then you got your spread. Um, so I'll just kind of start with the spread, the Hoke ears, era, and obviously with uh, Rich Rod. But uh, obviously number one is going to be Denard Robinson. Um, put up unbelievable stats. He was probably the best offensive player I've seen, most dynamic player I've ever seen play at that position, even though I hated the spread. Um, but, uh, yeah, he'd probably be in my top three or four just based on that alone. But um, when you want to talk about Michigan in the past, um, you know, I grew up in the 80s as a teenager. But uh, to see somebody like I would say my top three, top two would probably be Anthony Carter. He had probably one of he had a pretty good uh, freshman year. But then obviously he went on just to be just a fantastic receiver for um, Michigan. And uh, I remember him. He was also one of the primary uh, kick and punt returners. I think he went for like 5,800 all-purpose yards and then obviously over 3,000 yards and 37 touchdowns. So um, Anthony Carr is probably one of the best receivers in Michigan football ever. So, um, and obviously you can throw in Braylon Edwards. I actually loved uh, Mario Manningham and team people like that. But, uh, and then, you know, obviously you had – Desmond Howard obviously can be there because he won the Heisman and he get all that thing uh, that he did. But, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because if I could just say one player and it, it might not be, I don't think you can argue about it, but it's probably Charles Woodson, the best defensive back in the country. Um, he, he was obviously he was going to kind of come in as a receiver, actually. And he, you know, Michigan wanted him to be a defensive back. And then all rest is history. I mean, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, All American. Uh, he, I think, he earned the Bednar Thorpe Camp Awards. He hoisted the Heisman, and all rest is history. But uh, he is the best Michigan football player of all time. Um, it's hard to argue about that because just because of what he did on defense and offense. So, um, thank you guys. Uh, we'll talk soon. Um, and of course, go blue. All right. Good old Craig sending in the voicemail. Much appreciated. And I I must commend him because, uh, our cutoff time, I'm pretty certain is three minutes for, uh, voicemails and he put it in at two 54. So he, nice. (laughs) He soaked up the (laughs) clock on that one. Oh, that's good. No, he dropped a few good names there. Um, actually, uh, Anthony Carter was always my dad's favorite Michigan player of all time. Nice. So I've heard about a lot about him. Um, yeah, I remember him. Actually, I remember him in Tecmo Super Bowl <laughs> for the Minnesota Vikings. Nice. Yeah, and he uh, he also brought up Edwards, and of course him uh, making us look bad. Remember Desmond Howard when we failed to. Um, but yeah, it was uh, shoot. Did he mention another one in there? 
Yeah, he mentioned oh. Denard Robinson as well. Yeah, and Mario Manningham. Yeah, uh, that was uh, that was one that's and I think we may have brought him up. But one thing that I'll interject real quick is I do remember distinctly. I think it was wasn't it the Penn State game? Yep. Where it was like touchdown Manningham uh, <laughs> with the three sec one second left. So it was right around there. I actually missed that game. I was working in high school at a grocery store, and oh. uh, the guy who was working in a produce section came running over to tell me because he was listening to it on the radio in the back. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, uh, and so another thing to kind of do- uh, mention and uh, continue kind of what Craig was talking about and how you mentioned that he said Desmond or uh, sorry, Denard Robinson, mm-hmm. um, couple things really stick out uh with Denard Robinson and one of them and I distinctly remember this uh I've gone back and watched games over and over again but um who's the broadcaster wasn't it um was it Musburger yeah Brett Musburger yeah um because I'm pretty sure he was uh it was him and so whatever like I'm totally blanking on now um the Ohio State guy from game street thank you wow I don't know why (laughs) anyways um, they did the 2011 Notre Dame Michigan game in the first mm-hmm. night game in the big house. And, yep. uh, it, it got into the fourth quarter. And I remember that, um, Musburger was just like, Denard Robinson is one of the most, uh, ex- either electrifying players to watch in college football or exciting players to watch in college football. And I, I'm, I think it was like right before the end of the game. And so everybody remembers how that ends, you know, it was like, they went for a touchdown instead of going for the uh, field goal. They and they got the touchdown with just a few seconds left on the clock. And then he goes on to say, "I stand corrected. Denard Robinson is the most exciting football player to watch in college football." <laughs> and I, I just remember that sticking out a lot um, because he was. I mean, yeah, sure, the team as a whole didn't accomplish some of the things that you thought maybe they could have, uh, mm-hmm. primarily because of the defensive side of things. But he was. Uh, really awesome watch and the the last thing i want to mention with that though is and i kind of kicked myself a little bit for it but i had an opportunity to be at that game and i wasn't (laughs) oh man yeah actually actually, that game i watched the first half Mm -hmm. and i'm like man this is awful and i was at my friend andy's house with my roommate josh and andy and i went outside and we started like doing some work in his yard like i think we were making like a burning pit or something and you know it was halfway through the third quarter and my roommate josh comes out and he's like hey you guys might want to come in and start watching this game again (laughs) (laughs) so i'm happy that he called us back in and we got to see the end of it but man that first half was so rough yeah yeah and then that second half just blew up but but Mm -hmm. yeah for me um that was actually the year that i got married and so the one of the old places that I used to work for, um, they got uh, they had a supplier in Ann Arbor. And so they always got uh, offered tickets each year. And so they said, hey, for your wedding, we know you're a Michigan fan. We, you can have some of our tickets. And so it, there were like three different games they said that they could get me to. And so it was Notre Dame, a night game, and then uh, Nebraska and something else. And it was actually the first time for me going to the big house. Because uh, I never made it to a game, made it down to Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. and knowing my wife and everything, I didn't. And not having been down there for game day, 
I felt like a night game was a little too intimidating just because m- my wife isn't really a crowd person. She deals with anxiety and different things like that. And so I was just like, I'll be out of my not necessarily comfort zone, but I'll be in a new atmosphere. So I have no idea what traffic's going to be like. I have no idea what time we're going to get out of there. It's going to be a night game. We're going to get home at like 2 a.m. Right. So I went with the Nebraska game, which was still a fun game to watch because it was a beatdown. But, yeah, I could have been there for that insane classic of a football game. But instead, wound up watching it um, with my wife at my in-laws. And they're all like, they go to bed early. So everybody wound up falling asleep. (laughs) like on the couch, uh, like on the couches and whatever. And so I'm there like sitting on the floor trying not to freak out and wake anybody up. <laughs> so that's really difficult for you too. Cause I've watched lots of games with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was not easy. I think my wife actually woke up at one point and saw me kind of jumping up and down. So <laughs> that's great. Uh, but oh. yeah. Yeah, to mention something else about uh, Denard Robinson, he actually scored a touchdown tonight in the AAF. Oh, yeah, perfect to bring up. I forgot about that. Yeah, his, his team actually won tonight. It was their first win in Atlanta. Nice. Uh, how many, was it? I'm going to guess. I'm probably off. Is it their third or fourth game? Uh, it was their fourth game, and, and okay. the final was uh, 14 to 11. Ew. Yeah. It wasn't really that great of a game until the fourth quarter. Okay. Yeah. So some of those low scoring games can be really good, but I kind of have a feeling in the AAF that's probably not as pretty to watch. It was it was kind of a weird game because Atlanta would drive all the way down the field down to the twenty and then they couldn't do anything in the red zone. Hmm. And it was like that over and over and over until they finally got that they ran a a power sweep out to the right and uh Denard took the pitch and ran it in. Yeah. Nice. Well, congrats to him. Another highlight there for uh, Michigan football and things like that. So, uh, and you said you got some interaction on social media, then, right? Too. Yeah, and a couple of people on uh, Twitter send in some of their favorite uh, Michigan players of all time. Uh, the first one comes from Paul. His handles at at Y two Stump. Uh, he said Tim Biakabatuka. Which I, I mentioned last week, you know, uh, one of the greatest running backs Michigan's ever had. Uh, we talked about that big game there against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a great Michigan player. That's a, that's a good one. Um, the next one came from Dante. He is at uh, Vaca twenty three, and he said Charles Woodson. All so right. you know, another one we mentioned. So. Nobody in Twitter called us out for missing Des- for missing Desmond Howard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just both callers. Thanks, Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate the love. Um, yeah, the it'll be kind of interesting. Maybe at some point, uh, we'll try to get a poll going just on not who the greatest was, but who's pe- who people's favorite is. Yeah, because yeah, uh, you know the greatest. You're going to be looking. I think it's going to be hard for anybody to go or get away from Charles Woodson. But if you go by the basis of who was your favorite, like who was your favorite to watch? Like who did you just like the most? Uh, it'd be kind of interesting to see where that went. Um, mm-hmm. Cause a lot of people like a lot of different players for different reasons. So, um, to do, 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 do. so 
the other thing that uh did you have anything else uh any other replies or anything uh, i want to make sure before we move on to kind of the next topic then uh no those are the two i had um I tweeted it out maybe about an hour before we started recording. So, okay. Yeah. We had the reminders out earlier, but we didn't get much. Uh, we didn't get anyone directly reply to that. We got the voicemails from that. So, um, mm-hmm. thank you everybody for who, wow. To everybody who responded for the voicemails and the, uh, social media interaction, we're going to be, um, doing more with stuff like that as time goes on. So be on the lookout for, some polls and some questions and things like that. Uh, we then can move on to current stuff. As we were talking about former players, mostly uh, we'll talk about some current things going on with Michigan football, because uh, right now we're uh, almost at the end of the combine. Mm-hmm. So, and this is definitely more Brandon's wheelhouse. Uh, Cause Brandon is all about the NFL, all about the lions does a lot of watching the draft and watching the combine. And so I know that you did some stuff with checking the numbers for how Michigan players performed. Yeah, I was able to watch uh, all of the combine on Saturday, most of it today on Sunday. Um, obviously with work, I'm not going to be able to watch it tomorrow. And I wasn't re- really able to watch it Friday, but mm-hmm. I did look up some of the numbers. Um, so there was, Five Michigan players that have already gone. Obviously, uh, tomorrow we're going to have uh, David Long and Tyree Kinnell are going to be taking place or going to be uh, running drills and 40s and stuff uh, tomorrow. So I can, I'll post that on Twitter if you guys want to check it out if you haven't seen the numbers. But the five guys who have gone this weekend, we had Karan Higdon, he went on Friday. And then uh, Gentry, he went Saturday. And then today we had uh, Rashawn Gary, Chase Winovich, and Devin Bush. Uh, Of those guys, there's a few that really helped themselves, um, showed their athleticism, showed some speed and some strength that we might not have expected. Uh, The one guy that really surprised me with speed was Karan Higdon. You know, I expected him to maybe run like a, you know, like a, like a high four or five or maybe a four or six. Uh, like he had speed, but a lot of times he would get caught from behind. So it kind of surprised me when he ran a four, four, nine. Hmm. Uh, I believe he was in a top 10 for running back speed. He okay, was also yeah. in a top 10 for uh, bench press. He did 21 reps. Nice. Which is, yeah. which is quite a bit. I mean, he, he did as much as LJ Scott, who's a much bigger running back. Yeah, I was actually going to be kind of curious for uh, context, and thank you for giving that on uh, where he ended with the speed. That is surprising. I would not have pinned him as a top 10 speed running back. Now, of course, it's it's not that strong of a running back class, though, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of weak, and uh, there's a few guys that, that really hurt themselves uh, on Friday with their, with their running and everything. Uh, the guy probably hurt himself the most is Elijah Holyfield from Georgia. He he ran a four seven eight, ew, which is which is awful. He was last in the running backs. The only guy that was slower than him was a fullback from Wisconsin. Oh man! So yeah, he he put in. I think he put in twenty four reps or something like that on the bench. So you know, he's plenty strong, but you know, his speed was bad. He had a terrible vertical jump. 
uh, he, yeah, he really hurt his stock. He went from being probably like a you know, third or fourth round pick to maybe slipping all the way down to the sixth or seventh with that. Wow. Uh, and actually another Michigan guy that hurt himself is, uh, is Gentry, which yeah. we were talking about. Cause you said that he was telling people that he was going to prove everybody wrong. And I saw uh, something on Twitter that he had that, uh, Said that he thought he was going to run faster than everybody thought. Well, they're in a four nine, <laughs> which is not which is not that great. Um, yeah. If you want comparison, uh, let's see here. We got other tight ends. Let's we'll choose like T.J. Hawkinson from uh, Iowa. He ran a four seven, and then Noah Fant, the other tight end from Iowa, ran a four five. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Gentry he was actually in the bottom four for tight ends. Wow! And if that wasn't bad enough, uh, bench press he only did twelve reps. So Karan Higdon did nine more reps on the bench. Wow! Than Gentry. Gentry was a big guy. Yeah. Wow. Now of course He's, that does. I think he was the tallest tight end there. Yeah, it does make it a little bit more difficult um, with bench press because you have further to like I was in high this is the thing that I hated the most in high school um I should have been in the 300 club I was like so close but you had to have somebody you know you had to have somebody there to witness it or whatever so of mm-hmm. course then when I tried that and it was it was towards the end of my senior year of course I flopped um but then there's this uh little guy who comes up his arms are like maybe half of mine in length <laughs> And then he's uh, a stocky guy, too. So mm-hmm. he, the bar o- practically only had to move four inches. Yep. So uh, I, I understand that there's that difference. But still, man, I mean, going from only putting 12, that's... What's the, yeah, he, what's the weight again? Uh, 225 pounds. Really? And actually, 12 reps was the worst out of all tight ends. That... Man, yeah, that does not sound good. I mean, yeah, out of every single tight end that that benched, he was the worst. Hmm. Which it, it surprised me. I mean, the next next worst still had two more reps in him. Man, yeah, yeah. He, uh, you mentioning about how I said that, uh, or what Gendry said. There was an article, and I can't remember exactly who it was. Actually, there may have been multiple, but I do specifically remember um, him saying along the lines of, you know, I'm, I'm going to be able to go out there and I'm going to be able to prove my worth or prove people wrong on what I'm able to do. And mm-hmm. yeah, you and I definitely did talk about that. And I was, just, didn't he, uh, he, he dropped passes too, right? Yeah. Uh, there was the, the gauntlet drill where you, uh, start off facing one direction. You spin around real quick, catch a pass, spin back the other way, catch a pass. And then you just kind of run down the field and they throw it, uh, each side will throw you a pass. And he dropped about two or three passes when he ran through that. Mm-hmm. He just he just did not have a good day. He yeah. he only had a twenty nine and a half inch vertical, man. Which that was by far the worst out of all the Michigan players at the combine so far. <sighs> yeah. So Gentry is really the only one so far that's that's kind of hurt his stock. Um, Gary, I mean, Gary's a, a freak athlete. We we expect them to do great. He he ran a four five eight, which was the fastest for uh, the defensive line. Um, you know, he did twenty six reps on a bench, which is which is pretty good for a defensive lineman. 
Uh, he had the highest vertical, which is 38 inches. So, I mean, a, a great day for, for Gary. Uh, yeah. Working out at the same time as Gary, we had Winovich. And he had a, a 4.59. So, yeah. he, he was right up there towards the top two. Not, not as strong as Gary, but we didn't really expect him to be. But he had 18 reps. Yeah. See, that I feel and, like that would be something more that I would expect from uh, Gentry. Like closer to eighteen. I mean, at le- I feel like at least fifteen. But man. yeah, that's a that twelve just blew my mind. And you know, I was all about the Lions maybe taking Gentry in like the fifth or sixth round. And you know, with the way he came out at the combine, man, he might not even be drafted to, to be to be like at the bottom for almost all the tight end stuff. Yeah, uh, he's he's really gonna have to help himself in his pro day. Hey. Uh, and the last guy, uh, Devin Bush, he ran a four four three, which nice. was was the second or third best for linebackers. Devin White from LSU, uh, he slowly edged him out with a with a four four one. Yeah, the guy's just flying around out there at the linebacker position. It's crazy to see how much has changed. Yeah, Devin Devin Bush was fast. So that was, uh, of course, really not a big surprise to anybody. I mean, still impressive. Not saying that yeah, wasn't he's, impressive. Yeah, he's just a great athlete all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put up 21 reps, uh, same as Higdon. And he had a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical, which was the number one place for linebackers. Nice. Well, sweet. That's pretty cool. Uh Thanks for the uh, numbers and everything. That's that's interesting to kind of look at it. Um, I mean, there's always going to be somebody who performs the worst out of the group, but that, uh, from what I saw and definitely from everything that you shared, that's a drastic difference between, you know, the four and then Gentry. So, I mean, we wish them all the best of luck, but we'll see how the draft turns out then. So. Yeah, like I say, when they have the Michigan Pro Day, he's really, he's really going to have to try to help himself there. Yeah, true. True, there is that uh, kind of backup time, so he'll be interested. Do you, do you know when that is? Um, I haven't seen the schedule for any of the pro days yet. Uh, once I find it out, I can tweet it out so everybody knows. Okay, I was just kind of curious if you knew, knew that uh, information or anything, so... Yeah, yeah well, the pro days are always kind of interesting because you get the guys that they don't want to run at, at the combine because maybe they put on some weight so they'd weigh in heavier. Uh, hmm. That's what I'm thinking why Kyler Murray, he didn't do any of the drills. And I'm thinking he didn't run because, you know, he probably put on some weight so he doesn't look so small. Because he's fat? He's <laughs> got a little belly maybe. <laughs> yeah, what was that from? Uh, yeah, what he was didn't do from? any of the drills. The fat thing? Yeah. Oh, that was um, oh man, what's his name? The the coach from Oklahoma State. Oh, uh, Gundy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So some um, some sports writer or whatever made some comment about one of the players being being fat or something, or he would be better if he wasn't so fat. And and Gundy called the person out in one of his uh, conf- his press conferences and. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stick it up for his for his player. <laughs> yeah, 
You, we that was a uh, you, you guys will wind up hearing probably a lot about some of these, but we have like running jokes and just different things. Like, uh, you got uh, everyone I'm sure is re- um, familiar with how Craig and then Brandon. I, I don't know if we've said it on air or anything, but we say rock a lot. You know, there's a backstory <laughs> to that. Um, but then also that that was the one that would kind of come up because he's fat. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys haven't seen that, uh, check that one out. If you just put a Mike Gundy fat rant. <laughs> I think he also says in there, too, is like, if you want to pick on somebody, pick on me. I'm 40 years old. <laughs> Something oh, is like that, that. Wait, is that? No, that's that's not the I'm a man one, is it? Yeah, it's the same one. I'm a man. Pick oh, really? on me. I'm 40. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says you're just going to sit there and make fun of a an 18-year-old kid because he's fat. I'm not making fun of the kid for being fat, but I mean, you gotta watch it to know because it'll burn in your memory then. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, cause I don't even know what the, who the player was now. So, yeah, I don't know either. It was a popular, um, soundbite on the Jim Rome show. Yeah. Oh man. I haven't seen that in forever. So yeah, good stuff. So yeah, there'll be more stuff. Um, we'll have information about kennel and long, uh, for the next episode, since that's not happening here in time for this week's episode, but yeah, the uh, the combine's always interesting. Mm-hmm. And so, did you? Um, so something here that I'm kind of interested in and everything before we um, end things is uh, Brandon. Then, of course, like I said, he's got um, more of an interest investment in NFL stuff than I do. And so he's got some perspective with that. And uh, did you, I can't remember, did you say you had uh, thoughts on where the Michigan guys will go? Or did you have thoughts on who the Lions might be picking up because of results from the Combine? Uh, Yeah, uh, actually both. Um, Like I said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Gentry went undrafted. You Mm -hmm. know, he might be a seventh round pickup. Somebody might see some potential there, especially with the size. Uh, and he does, he has fairly decent hands, you know, he could have just been nervous at the combine when he dropped passes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he went maybe seventh round or undrafted. Uh, and then you got guys like Gary, Gary's going to go in the first round. It's oh, yeah. easy to say Gary might even go in the top 10. Uh, I've seen him mocked as high as four, I believe. I've seen him mocked four to the Raiders. Um, okay. So him and Moe Hurst. Yeah. Yeah, I could see both of that. And I know how much uh, John Gruden loves Moe Hurst. Yeah. So, you know, he could be putting on a word, hey, hey bring in Gary. This guy's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy I expect to go probably in the first round is Devin Bush. But yeah. I, I'm thinking probably tail into the first round just because there's so much talent in this draft, especially defensive talent. And you got you always get your teams that are gonna take quarterbacks, even if they're not first round worthy, just <laughs> grasping at straws, trying to find someone, you know, who can who can help them out. The Browns were always the ones that did that, but <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I think they're pretty set with Baker Mayfield right now. Yeah, they uh they might be finally digging themselves out of the hole and uh uh, Johnny Manziel, and I mean, the issues were going on way before Johnny Manziel, but still. Yeah, Johnny Manziel, Brandon Whedon, 
Brady Quinn, whatever, whatever you want to go at. <laughs> uh, and then probably the next guy off the board I'm thinking is probably going to be Winovich just because he did so well at the combine today. Um, there's a lot of teams looking for edge rushers. Uh, I can see him fitting pretty good in a 3-4 defense. Just because he does have enough speed and athletic ability that he could probably go out there and cover tight ends pretty well. Um, but I'm I'm thinking probably mid to late second round for him. Okay. Higdon, um, I'm thinking probably fourth round still. I thought maybe he might slide to the the fifth, but um, since he ran faster and I thought he would and put up more reps, you know, I could see him going in the fourth round. And as for Long and Kennel, I mean, I, I Long, he, he's a great player. Uh, I th- feel like a lot of teams are looking for taller defensive backs. And he, I think he measured in right around 5'10", 5'11". But teams are looking for those guys that are over six foot right now. So he might slide a little bit, but he, he is a great player. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on how he runs. Mm-hmm. And Kennel, um, again, I mean, I guess it depends on how he runs, but I'm thinking probably maybe sixth round for him. He does have some ability, but it's it's such a deep class for defensive backs, safeties, and corners. Will be interesting. I kind of want to. Um, do you have the information written down, like the one the guesses that you just put out? Oh uh, no, I can write it down right now, though. Yeah. Um, well, at least try to keep track of it. I mean, worst comes to worst, I can go back and listen and jot it down and everything. I'd be kind of interested that before the draft takes place. That if you post that, if we post that, um, yeah, to kind of just be like, hey, you know, let's see where it lands and everything. So, uh, and then maybe we'll find a way for fan interaction of like, you know, which one do you think is most likely to happen, or you know, mm-hmm. different different things like that, or maybe maybe a couple choices per player, get some interaction, some fun stuff with that. So, yeah, no, that's pretty good because as I like watching. I like trying to break things down. You're more on top of it than I am. I mean, I know where my strengths are and things like that. And that's that area is not it. So it's really cool to get that perspective and those thoughts on that. And I'd be really interested to see uh, what lines up. Cause I mean like in the end, yeah, sure. The, um, the insiders or the uh, Mel Kuyper, uh, Mel Kuypers of the world and everything will have a better idea, sure, quote-unquote better idea, but nobody knows. Mm-hmm. I mean, some some people are going to have inside information where they know where somebody's going to be targeting, but after that, the only thing that can potentially be guaranteed is that first one, and it's still only potential, because after that, everybody is basing decisions off of the, the picks that are before them. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, somebody took a took a quarterback in front of us crap well that was what we were going to do here but now we feel like we have to move up uh, we have to change that because now you know that list is shorter so it, yeah, it's really pretty now that um that arizona uh is going to take kyler murray it's almost a lock they're saying oh yeah yeah which is crazy because they took uh josh rosen last year mm-hmm. so they're gonna have to find a new home for rosen which, I mean, it could only benefit the Lions. Because, uh, I mean, the Lions pick at eight. So, uh, you know, they really need a pass rush. Uh, there's there's rumor going around that they could take a tight end, uh, probably Hawkinson, at eight. 
Man, I don't know about no. I don't know about taking a tight end. I mean, we do need one, but I don't yeah. know about the first round. I mean, if we could trade down and get something else out of our pick, you know, if we traded down to the team who's looking for a quarterback and wants to move up, um, I mean, I'd take that and then take Hawkinson maybe around like twelve or something like that. Yeah, but to stay there at eight and take him, especially with how the defensive players like killed it in the combine today. Mm-hmm. That's that's a tough pick. Yeah, I, I don't like <laughs> I mean, the sounds of that. Ideally, I would love Josh Allen to slide down. He's a edge defender from Kentucky, and I, he just would fit the Lions' defense perfectly for what Matt Patricia wants to do. Nice. Uh, another guy that really tore it up was Montez Sweat. Uh, he was at Michigan State for a couple of years. Actually, he went to a community community college. And then he transferred to Mississippi State. And he actually ran a 4-4-1, which is the fastest time that a defensive end has ever ran at the combine. Wow. That'll yeah. that'll turn some heads. Yeah, he's like he's like 6'4, 260 pounds and ran a 4-4-1. Nice. So that'd be that'd be another guy that's probably gonna be around at eight that I'd love to see the Lions go after. Um another intriguing one is you know, it's a it's a position of need, but it, I wouldn't say it's a first first round need is a wide receiver because uh, we got rid of Golden Tate. Uh, we still have Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, but we're gonna need someone else uh, at wide receiver. And DK Metcalf from Ole Miss, uh, I don't know if you saw him, but he's yeah. like he's like six three, six four, something like that. He weighs. 225 pounds, and they're saying that he's got like under 2% body fat. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and the dude ran a 4-3. <laughs> like, he was hauling. That's faster than Calvin Johnson, and he's like the, almost the same size as Calvin. <laughs> that's, that's just nuts. So, I mean, you'd have to think about that at 8. Um, and if he's there at 8, too, he can actually think about trading down so somebody else could come up and get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking they'd probably take a, a receiver in a second or third round. Uh, you can maybe get someone like Paris Campbell from Ohio State, the guy that completely torched us <laughs> running uh, slants and crossing patterns. Yeah. Uh, he actually ran a, a 4-3-1 or something like that at the, the combines. He was the fastest receiver recorded. And I, th- I think Brandon Watson was about 20 yards behind him chasing him in that 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice well played he ran fast and then there was a little white guy from umass named uh andy isabella uh, he was super productive for for umass uh he also ran a, a 431 oh wow yeah so there's a lot of options out there for the lions at eight um trade downs you know stay there pick an edge defender you know or that tight end that the they seem to love, so we'll see what happens. Oh man, they they I feel like the tight ends and all that that they just need to hold off and just do it later on and just hope that they strike gold or bronze with something rather than you know going all in so early. I agree. I mean, they had Ebron. They took him at ten a few years ago. Um, he didn't really pan out in Detroit. Uh, 
a lot of the fans got on him for dropping so many passes. That, then, that's one way to put it. He didn't really pan out. <laughs> and he started running his mouth and everything, so they, they got rid of him. He went to the Colts and made the Pro Bowl, so that's, that's about right. Yeah. He, he still had some Ebron-esque um, moments. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing and hearing about that. But, yeah, he definitely did improve going somewhere else. So, no, interesting. And, yeah, so, um, no, I think that'd be fun because, uh, it, you know, everybody does it. And, I don't know, maybe I'll put in my terrible input as well. But I think it'd be kind of interesting to have a, a graphic or two, like a graphic for what you were talking about, the Michigan guys, and maybe like a potential graphic of what you were talking about with uh, the Lions and just see what happens from it. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, everybody always says afterwards, oh, I was saying this, I was saying this. And I'm not saying that you're one of those guys or anything, but it's always cool to have a reference point to be like, oh, yeah, dude, you know, you called it, you nailed it on the head. So it'll be interesting because sure. it, I don't know, it's always the luck of the draw. I mean, sometimes, uh, the insiders or the sports professionals look foolish in what they say and what they do. So, mm-hmm. it'll be hilarious if it, if the Raiders took every single one of the Michigan players. <laughs> I mean, they could take Gary with their fourth pick, and then they got a pick around the twenties. They could take Devin Bush. Second round, they could take Winovich. <laughs> yeah. Third round, take you know Long or Higdon, and <laughs> just keep going down the line like that. Yeah, they can even you, take Bushel Beatty, who's another guy who was out for the draft, but he wasn't know, invited to the combine. Do you know if they need? Uh, they have such a huge need with all those defensive positions, or uh, the Raiders pretty much have need at every position. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were not very good last year. I mean, they traded away uh, Khalil Mack, who was like the best defensive player in the league. Yeah, him I remember or Aaron that. Donald. Yeah. And then uh, they traded Amari Cooper to the Cowboys, so that was like their best offensive weapon. So they're they're going to need help all over the place. Yeah. Well, I mean, Which, I guess if I mean, it if works you... out because they got two first round picks, so three first round picks actually. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, I mean, if you want to set the bar low at the beginning, just you know, do what they did, get rid of everything, and so then everybody's just like, well, you know, I mean. It can only go up from here, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think Gruden wants to, you know, get rid of all the guys that don't really fit what he wants to do, and he wants to start off from scratch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that'll be interesting. A lot of interesting stuff going on, and uh, we will definitely be discussing everything. So, anything else, or are we are we kind of good? Are we there? No, that's all I got. Okay, good stuff. Uh, that uh, combine and draft stuff was really interesting, so it'll be uh, fun talking more about that, and especially when the draft comes along. So appreciate that uh, research there, Brandon, and everything. And uh, we thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. And I'm trying to make sure I'm not forgetting anything, but I think we're good. If you guys still wanted to call in with anything, by all means, uh, feel free to call in, uh, even if it's about your favorite Michigan players or any topic that we cover. Uh, But until next time, we'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue.